you know, it just there's a certain type of memory. As soon as you hear it, it there's a good feeling, and a uh, and that's that's what I brought from that. Uh, when I was a kid, the, the theme songs that really impacted me, you know, things like Gilligan's Island and, you know, they were all vocal theme songs. Well, at the time we did AFV, the trend was going away from vocal theme songs into instrumental theme songs. But Vin wanted to push back, and I think, I think the network even wanted an, an instrumental, but he pushed back and he fought for a vocal theme, uh, which is... Welcome back to America, This Is You. If you're joining us for the first time, hello. But you should also know there are two great episodes that come before this one. Go back and listen to those. Don't worry, I'll wait. There's so many moving parts that go into making AFE. And in this series, we've already talked about the creation, the launch, how we choose the clips, What happens if you win? I mean, the list goes on and on. But have you ever stopped to think about how our clip show sounds? I mean, besides Bob Saget's classic voiceovers. The whirl of the tape. The click of the camera. The hum that seems to come from nowhere. Picture that one home movie your parents or distant relative likes to trot out every Thanksgiving. Sure, maybe it's embarrassing. Maybe it won you $100,000. Either way, it's not just the pictures that make the video. It's also the sound. I'm your host, Brittany High, and you're listening to America, This Is You. So Ernie Anderson was pretty much the most amazing announcer in television, certainly in the 80s and 90s. And Ernie's son is one of the world's most famous directors now, Paul Anderson. But Ernie was a tough one. Ernie had a pretty raw mouth and could pretty much embarrass anybody. But for some reason, Ernie and I became really good friends. And he wound up hosting the voice of the show for many, many, many years. That was Vin DeBona, the creator of America's Funniest Home Videos, who we met in episode one of this podcast. Ernie Anderson was the announcer from 1989 to 1995. He's probably most famous for hosting shock theater under the alter ego, Goulardi. Watch it for the boom booms over there. You won't believe what this is going to do. (laughs) Or for being the voice of the love boat. Saturday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain, it's a special two-hour star-packed love boat. And fathering award-winning director Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, I had a feeling since I was a young kid that I really wanted to make films. But when Ernie retired, it was time to find a new voice for the show. Everything only happens to me. My whole life is a cartoon. I am a cartoon. (laughs) That's Jess Harnell, AFB's rock star announcer since 1998. See, that's the crazy thing, you know, is that sometimes life leads you down paths that you uh, you may or may not expect to go down. And I, I always thought from the time that I was a little kid that I was going to be literally a rock star. And I started doing guest shots on cartoon shows. Um, and I ended up getting this, my first big role on a series, talk about a way to start, was a show called Animaniacs. And I played uh, the character Wacko Warner, who's very, very popular. People like him because he doesn't wear pants and he's funny. Not that those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Cartoons are part of AFB's DNA. Don't believe me? Go back to episode one and hear where Bob Saget drew all of his voiceover ideas from. I'm afraid that bad old putty tack would get me if I wet my cage. 
But there's another part of Jess's career that most people wouldn't be aware of. I do all kinds of stuff, and when actors sometimes can't complete their dialogue for movies, I go in and pick those things up because I do a lot of impressions. So sometimes when you hear Christopher Walken, it's not really him, it's me. It's weird. So I do, I just, I just change my voice into a million different things. And uh, I have been very fortunate because I'm really not qualified to do anything but this. So, wow, what a crazy good. fun gig. Jess also has an amazing singing voice, but more on that later. So how does being a voice actor get you the gig of AFE announcer? I'll let Jess tell the tale. Little story. And what happened was there's a, a very talented fellow um, named Dan Slider, and he wrote the theme song for AFE. And he had me come in to sing for him, not for AFE, but for something else. And I, um, I was singing for him, and he said, you know, I wrote the AFE theme song. And I started singing it to him because it's one of those earworms. You guys who watch the show, you know you can't forget that theme song. And I said, I love that song, man. I love that song. I really did. I was legitimate. I'm, very, I'm a very honest person, and I, I, I really did think it was cool. And he said, you know, we're actually looking for a new announcer. And he said, I know you do a lot of this voiceover stuff in addition to singing. And I said, cool, man. And he said, yeah, let me send you some sides. Again, that's the script. So I auditioned for it, and I got the call to come in and try a session. I don't know that they were completely sold on me, probably because they looked at me and thought I was in Whitesnake. And they said, well, we're going to give him a try. And I walked in, and they said, okay, now this is the uh, one of the main producers on the show. This is Michelle Nassaway. And on that day, a friendship was formed that has lasted, I think I've been doing this about 20 years, is that right? And Michelle and I have been great friends since the whole thing began. It was difficult to believe that she was the all-powerful TV mogul that she is because she's such a nice person. And when I left, and that, that's probably why so many good things happen, because basically I forget about them as soon as I do them, and then my agent calls and goes, oh, you got that? And I said, what was that? And they said, oh, it's this. But when I left AFE, I called my agent, they said, how'd it go? And 20 years later, I'm sitting here in a chair talking to you. And so again, things are, you know, it, things, amazing things happen, and uh, this has certainly been one of them in, in my life, for sure. Jess mentioned Dan Slider, a man who was born into a world of music. Let's hear a little from him. My uh, father was a music director, band director, you know, all through high school. I was just studying music, uh, went to college in Boston, and everything was music-related. Dan wanted to do original music for television and movies, but he found it incredibly hard to break into the industry. When I got out to L.A., you know, there was like episodic television to be done, but those were pretty much locked up gigs at that point. So for new things, there was the opportunity to do source music, which is like where, you know, the, the actual score composer wouldn't have time to do. Dan had a gig. He was making a living, but he hadn't quite made it to the position he'd stay at for 30 years. First, he had to meet and work with Vin. And uh, we worked on our first show together. It was uh, the Crystal Light National Aerobic Championships. I don't know if you've seen the clip, but that's, it's, it's a viral clip that came back because it's so 80s. for the title of America's best aerobic athlete. It's one of these pieces of music that says 80s <laughs> all over it, you know. But that's how I met Vin. After we did the aerobic championship, uh, Vin established his own company, and he we did a uh, I did a sort of a kid show called Wet, Wild, and Wooly, I think it was called, uh, followed by a show called Animal Crackups. Uh, so we did Animal Crackups, and I worked on the theme with uh, Alan. Uh, he wrote it, and I arranged it and uh, produced it, and so I got to know Vin more and more during that time, and. 
when the idea came up to do AFV, you know, I was one of his first calls, which was fantastic, you know, came at a great time. One of the first meetings that we had, you know, Vin was explaining the show to me, um, you know, essentially what, what my mind was hearing was we're going to show people people's home movies. All right. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, you know, I run away when my aunt pulls out the home movies. You know, I'm sure America's going to run away. You know, I couldn't see it. But but he obviously did. And he knew what he had. But I still didn't think it would be a hit. I thought it was going to be a one off, you know, a great special. But uh, boy, was I wrong. Yeah, you were super wrong, Dan. But you did create the greatest theme song of all time for America's Funniest Videos. So, you know. Uh, speaking of the theme song, it came about in kind of an unusual way. I created a, uh, an instrumental theme, which, which was the theme that we, we know in, in terms of how it sounds and everything. And I wrote sort of a, a temp lyric for it, which was, it, the intent of it was correct, you know, and, and to what it is today. But it was not what it is today. And the intent may have been there, but I was not a great lyricist. It was one of those things. I had created created the music, and the, the way the music came down, I had a meeting with Vin, and he suggested some artists to me that he liked. One of them that really stuck with me was Ricky Nelson, of all things. I don't know if you know, he did a song called Garden Party and another one called Hello, Mary Lou. Now we're talking early 60s songs. Hello, Mary Lou, in particular, there was something very Americana about it, very sing-songy and very memorable. And before I knew it, another version of the song came back into Vin's office that came from Jill Colucci. She had gotten a hold of the um, my demo, essentially, and written a lyric with a partner of hers, uh, Stu Harris. So... The theme song came back to Vin with this with this complete lyric, which was the intent was the same as what I had put, but it was so refined and so good. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being honest, which I am, on my first day of work at AFB, I belted the theme song the whole drive. It's about a 45 minute commute, so I was pretty much hoarse by the time I got there. We got laughs from coast to coast to make you smile. A real look at each. Originally, the uh, pilot aired with the instrumental version as a theme, and then in the course of the show, there was a montage where that song played. Stories from your friends next door, they never told. You might be a star tonight, so let that camera roll. Richard Connor. I'm a co-executive producer uh, on the show. I do the musical montages. Sometimes music tells you what it wants, right? Yeah, so every year I have a bunch of concepts I want to do, whether it be uh, amusement parks or playgrounds or families. And those all need music. So half of the montages I do, I do two montages per show. And half of those, I make classical music out of it. And classical music's beautiful to cut to, so there's no problem there. It's just a matter of finding the right tone and tenor and tempo and but finding songs for like a dog montage you know it's helpful when you have a song that has the word dog in it so a million years ago who let the dogs out was a hit obviously i use that 
uh, last year I used a song um, called Like My Dog, which nobody had ever heard of. And it was, uh, it, it was perfect. It went so well with the, with the montage. It's just a matter of poking around, looking for keywords. So sometimes I get lucky that way, but the rest of the time I just have to find a song that has a good tempo, catchy chorus, some sort of hook, and has some individual lyrics that I can make make sense with clips. So if it says, you know, she was turning her head or she made a big jump or something, I can find a clip that just fulfills that little lyric. And then the audience won't necessarily notice that the next three clips have nothing to do with the lyric. <laughs> so sometimes the song throws an obvious idea at you. But it's not just these amazing hits from years ago. Rich has his eyes, or I guess ears in this case, on the current music charts. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna so we have a great song, a big hit right now, called Old Town Road by Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached, head is matted black, got the boots black to match, riding on a horse. That's a guy singing about getting on his horse and going to the Old Town Road. I mean, that walked right into my life, that, that concept. We've got a million horse clips, we've got a million people who want to be cowboys. Um, so I just uh, designed a montage around that song, which was basically people who would never make it to the Old Town Road because they're not good enough cowboys to get there. So it was just, I turned the song upside down and it, it was perfect. As an EP, Rich has a lot of responsibilities around the office, but these montages are his passion. You can really tell how much he puts into his work by his ability to tell a story. In season 11, I did uh, Stevie Wonder's Sign, Sealed, and Delivered. And the concept was people were jumping out of boxes. Uh, it's mostly military-like people coming home, and they're jumping out of boxes to surprise their loved one. Now, I could have just done, you know, box opens, box opens, box opens, box opens. But I said, no, you know, I can probably tell a story with these same clips. So the first third of the montage was the people hiding, getting ready to startle the person. The second third of the montage was the people actually getting startled and the third part and this was the part that really I think uh, everybody here and probably watching liked the third part was the emotional reunion once the startle was over so when the song when Stevie Wonder's song went into its refrain of signed sealed and delivered I went into a refrain of the same people we'd already seen twice having that emotional moment before we left and so sometimes you can tell a story so it's not always just about hits and uh, redundancy. It's you just try and tell a story with the song. And For me, this speaks to the soul of AFE. Sure, the show is filled with clips of boneheads and groin hits, but we've got heart and spades. You have to hear this story from Jess. You know, I've always said that the mark of a great leader is how much they love their team and how, how with the respect they treat their team with, whether this is in relationships or in business or in, or in AFE. And Vindabona is such a good guy. He just honestly is. He, he takes really good care of his people. He goes out of his way. Every, I remember the first time I came in uh, at Christmas time, and they said, oh, here's your Christmas gift. And I said, Christmas gift? And they said, yeah. And they've given me a Christmas gift every year since. He, t he treats his staff. They have parties. He just does stuff that most bosses don't do because they don't have to, but he chooses to, you know? And I, I just think that's a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. But one of those parties, one of those Christmas parties, 
you know, my background is primarily as a singer. And I think that a lot of the time when people, you know, say, oh, well, you know, I, I'm a singer or I also sing, and you hear them sing without being at all, you know, uh, I'm not trying to be derogatory, but they're, they, they can carry a tune. Well, my whole background is singing. You know, I've been singing longer than I've been doing voiceover. And they had this party, and they had this little band there. The band leader was a guy that I had sang with in the studio for something, some session or something. And he said, hey, you want to sing? You want to get up? And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, he said, well, you know, we can't do any, you know, journey songs or whatever. And I said, that. he said, but we can play standards. And I said, do you know Unchained Melody? Which is that beautiful song from Ghost that goes, oh, my love, my, you know. I said, I'll sing that. You know, and it's not an easy song to sing if you sing it the way it's you know supposed to be sung. And I sang it, and Tom Bergeron, uh, God bless him, you know, the, the host before Alfonso, was there, and he he was he was having food. And as I was singing, people sort of quieted down because they're like, well, "Who's that singing?" And I don't think they expected it to be the announcer of the show. And Tom put his stuff down and just watched me sing, and came over after I was done. And Michelle and everybody else had heard me sing before, and they're always very kind about it. But but Tom's like, I had no idea that you sang like that. I'm, he was just, he goes, I am blown away. And I was like, that, it just, again, it's something he didn't have to do, you know? Um, but we were always very friendly and, and uh, you know, and, and that's just, that's another fond memory and a series of fond memories, you know, of this show and how good they've always been to me. You're telling me the Tom Bergeron stopped everything to listen to your song? That's really something. But you know what else is something? Thank you so much, and you sound like a Disney princess. How about that? You got it on record. It's official. Booyah! <laughs> so after nearly a decade on the air, Bob was ready to leave the show. Yeah, Bob left the show, and we were very fortunate to find Daisy Fuentes and John Fugelsang. What was to become of AFE? Now, when, when things shifted at the end of uh, Bob Saget's run, and we had uh, John Fugelsang and uh, uh, Daisy Fuentes in there, they went for a more modern approach. A the theme all of a sudden was updated. We Who would go on to fill the shoes of everyone's favorite TV dad? I thought it was great. I thought it was a really easy gig and <laughs> fun. Like, I genuinely enjoyed it. Tune in next time when I talk to John Fugelsang, Daisy Fuentes, and yes, Tom Bergeron. They actually let me talk to him. See you next time. From coast to coast to make you smile. A real America, This Is You is brought to you by AFE in partnership with SiriusXM. This episode is produced by my best pal ever and producer Rob Schulte and me. It was mastered by all-around good guy Jim Billadu. Andrew Gruss provided his audio engineering abilities, so thank you. Additional help was provided by Sharon Arnett, Michael Fiche, and Kelsey Albright. Thank you to AFB's OG editor, Manny Mora, TV's best composer, Dan Slider, the man of a thousand voices, Jess Harnell, and my favorite music montage man, Richard Connor. It was a blast talking to each of you. P.S. Special thanks to Howard and Karen Schwartz for allowing us to use the Crystal Light National Aerobic Championship audio. Thank you to Michelle for making this podcast possible by helping me in all of the ways, even when she's, you know, busy running the actual show. <laughs> 